Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep in the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace. What a jump ball. He's down four, 12, eight, seven, 38 to play the first one. Burst from Rodney, stuck into the rim. Tapped up, baby, and a foul. Reggie inside for Andre, oh. and a dynamite dunk. Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Angolano, and joining me, as always, is Aaron Johnson. Aaron, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, Mike. You know, Pistons, Twitter, back up in arms after a decision by the franchise. We're going to get into that and much more this week, so ready to dive right in. Yes, let's dive right in. And it wouldn't really be Pistons Twitter if it, if it didn't include a fight once a month and uh we're there's you know we're starting early this month june 2nd you know hopefully we're getting out of the way but if there's a poor series of uh ping pong balls that drop we're gonna have a second or third fight <laughs> on our hands um yes we will go ahead and get right into it but first of course our sponsor bet online it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action i know that i've been doing quite a bit of uh perusing a lot of the miraculous bets that some people are putting out. Um, bet online has you covered for all the new scores and odds. And it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up, head on over to the website, betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today. And you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Pretty sweet BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today. And you will receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Deposit bet online, your online sports book experts. So I've been using another um, partner of, of ours, at least of mine, and that's Tally Site. And Tally Site is a great way um, to look at what other experts are picking in terms of it's not really prop bets, it's it's more of going against the spread straight up, things like that. But I've done a lot of picks for the playoffs and using that tool before heading on over to bet online would be very wise. Um, I was doing so many of these picks that I think I retweeted one of them, but I, I was ranked number one in terms of total correct picks. And I think I was fourth in percentage correct and i was first in total iq look at you nobody listened to me nobody listened to me it's obviously just dumb luck um but i think at one point i was like 49 and 21 on picks which not bad not bad okay my bad and i was in the same tweet as uh sam vicini and seth part now which is the only time that'll ever happen in my (laughs) probably my whole life um but definitely give tally site a look as well um they're not a sponsor uh but it's a very very fun tool to use uh if you are going to head on over to bet online you may as well be very well equipped 
you know, before you make those picks and you want to get as much information as possible. And that's kind of what tally site does. Have you ever seen it or used it, Aaron? I have heard of it. I have not used it because I don't bet very often, but maybe we need to be sponsored by them now after all that love you just gave them. <laughs> yes. Um, it's a very, very helpful tool. Definitely. You know, you want to make the best use of your money and you want to make the best use of that 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit on Ben online. So I use tally site. There's a lot of sites that you could use that are garbage. There's a lot of just pure betting accounts that are just garbage. So you want to make sure you get it from reputable sources. Uh, and that's, that does not mean me. That, that means people that are much, much smarter than me. And, and speaking of people much, much smarter than me, that could be anybody. <laughs> the Pistons hired John Beeline. He's the senior advisor of player development. This is his second stint in the NBA after a borderline horrific first stint with the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, I'm, I know the Pistons front office is much, much smarter than me, which was my segue. Um, and I really don't mind bringing in John Beeline. But what do you think about this, Aaron? I mean, his first I could go on and on and on. His first ring around the NBA was borderline horrible. I mean, just horrible. I find it so funny how up in arms people are getting about this hiring by the Detroit Pistons. John Beeline was not just hired as the head coach of the Detroit Pistons. And the way that people are, people are reacting is is hilarious. He is going to be working with player development. He is not calling the shots. He is not making roster decisions. He is not the leader of that locker room. Like he is an assistant and people are losing their minds over this hiring acting as if Detroit just brought in John Beeline to, to run their franchise, play for them and, and, and sell their tickets as well. And it, it's just, it's buffoonery the way that people are reacting. John buffoonery. Beeline did not have a great stint in Cleveland. There's no question about that, but it was in a different role with, and I'm sorry to say this, Mike, a pretty horrid roster and a very, very, not too great situation. And it was his first time around. Now he comes to a different franchise with a brighter direction. He comes as an assistant, not a head coach. So he doesn't have to be calling the shots. He gets to work under a very highly respected front office and head coach. And all that pressure is not on him. Uh, I think this is a home run hire by Detroit. John Beeline's resume as a player development coach at Michigan speaks for itself. The players that he succeeded in developing with, the, the Michigan Wolverines, not always having the highest ranked recruits under him, but always developing and getting the most out of their players. I think it's a great hiring by Detroit. I'm not surprised that people are reacting the way they are, probably because probably because many of them are Michigan State uh, Sparty Slappies. But <laughs> this is a great hire by Detroit, and, and, and the people overreacting 
I, I guess that's what happens when your team isn't good enough to get into the playoffs. They have to find something to, to get all riled up. about. You know, you're not wrong that his stint in Cleveland was, I mean, it was really, it was really bad. Um, just the, I mean, he was in over his head. It was a terrible situation. I'll tell you what, that situation is not a whole lot different than what is going on right now. Kevin Love is still pouting and Colin Sexton is right? still Colin Sextoning. <laughs> this was not a John Beeline problem entirely. There were some things that he did that, you know, that really, that really pissed off some. Absolutely. Some Absolutely. And his comments about slugs and thugs will go down as one of the best. What if like what actually happened, you know, stories right up there with J.R. Smith throwing soup at Damon Jones, but you know, there's a, there is really no harm in bringing John Beeline on to, in this relatively small role. Like you said, he's not selling tickets. He's not making lead decisions. He's there to do what he was doing at Michigan, which is develop players. And this is a young team, a young organization that will take and use all the, all of the direction possible. And I'm not surprised that people are up in arms because the last time we heard about John Beeline was when he was resigning in the like month four of a five-year contract from the Cleveland Cavaliers in midst of, you know, immense turmoil. Uh, so it's not surprising at all that, that there are up in arm comments about it, but this is such a small, it's such a small thing. And he's doing what he did very well at Michigan, which is to develop young players like Mitch McGarry. Yes. Thank you. Okay. I was going to do it. <laughs> thank you. Good job. All right. Love that. Um, I, I just, yeah, people are all up in arms about it. You got to have something to be all up in arms about. John Beeline is going to be checked every step of the way. He's not the one in charge. He's not calling the shots. He's got a staff working with him. He's got staff that's above him, informing him and telling him what he needs to do. This isn't him coming in, taking control of the locker room and controlling players and making them hate their, the NBA and making them hate getting better and practicing and things of that nature. So it, it's a great decision by a front office that has so far made a lot of right decisions in their tenure. And I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong bringing in John Bielanda as a, in a assistant level role, not a head level role. I mean, it's a, it's a great hire by Detroit. Stop. I mean, it, Stop it goes to complain about people. It goes back to people are smarter than you. Detroit has, and we just had an article posted about this this morning on palsopistons.com about Troy Weaver bringing, you know, a decade's worth of strife in this organization to a halt. You know, he makes good decisions. This front office just spent a year of making good decisions. There is no reason to right now completely redirect course, change your line of thinking because of a hire that is a senior advisor of player development. And by the way, the guy was pretty good at developing players and he is also a senior. So I don't see how this is, I don't see how this is a big deal. Um, good for John Beeline getting back in and uh, getting another opportunity. He definitely deserved it after what can only be described as you know, a disaster in Cleveland, but that's not anything surprising considering the, you know, the rest of the Cleveland Cavaliers following that. Last thing I'll say on this, and then we can move on. 
Recency bias is a hell of a drug. John Beeline had such a successful run at the University of Michigan, such a successful run, brought that team so close to a national title, and, and, and he has, albeit a bad, bad go around in Cleveland, I get that, but he had so much success and has such a good resume at Michigan, and it's just it just shows you how bad recency bias really is. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that is a program that is that was picked up by Juwan Howard and continues to just churn out NBA level talent and very high quality collegiate basketball. You know, he was the one that, you know, that that really put that program together. That's his program. And Juwan Howard picked it up and has, you know, I mean, really picked up the torch. And that's a huge, huge testament to John Beeline. And, you know, not a lot of his players have been NBA studs, but you get them to the NBA. And that's, that is something that not a lot of, not a lot of other head coaches can, you know, can, I mean, can put on their resume. It's just, it's, it's just not. And, you know, we make fun of Mitch McGarry and, and, and there's tons of, there's tons of the Mo Wagner, Nick Stouts. I mean, but these players get to the NBA. They get to the NBA under his watch. I mean, Trey Burke is having a little bit of a renaissance now. So kudos to John Beeline. Again, it's a good hire. Pistons fans are going to find a way to be mad. Maybe this is just preemptive anger for, you know, if they don't win the lottery or, or something or watch the playoffs and, you know, seeing other teams in there. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that we're already upset about the Detroit Lions, you know, preemptively. I don't know what, but um, give, it a, give it a chance. You're probably not, you're probably not going to hear John Beeline's name a whole lot. He's not going to be a central figure, um, but but he is going to have senior advisor role of player development that fits him very very well. So um, glad to wrap that up because uh, the strife for that was just was just very very weird. Um, but what's not very weird um, is the spectacular shave that you get with Manscaped. And support for the Palace of Pistons podcast is brought to you by. Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped has now launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code P-O-P at manscaped.com. Palace of Pistons, P-O-P at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code POP at manscaped.com. And again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. When you use the offer code POP, unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right. Topic number two for this podcast. All of the young guys are back in Detroit. Um, I have not seen these pictures but you obviously have. So if you want to delve into this a little bit more um, players and posting pictures of workouts and being together back in Detroit, that includes Killian Hayes and Saban Lee and Sadiq Bay. And of course, Isaiah Stewart and Davidus Servitus Servitus. Um, Aaron, please, please take, take it over. Um, it's nice to have all of the boys back in town, right? Yeah. I just wanted to hit on that being a, a, a good thing to see, you know, it's, it's, it's something you love to see and you get to have 
a large chunk of your young core pretty early in the off season for your, your team, obviously the playoffs still going on. So it's, it's not the off season yet for the entire NBA, but they're all together. They're back in Detroit. You're seeing them post pictures of working out together and, you know, practicing. And then they're out like Wayne state at the football field. And I don't know, probably throwing the football on there, things of that, you know, stuff like that, just hanging out. So it's, it's good to see, you know, so many pieces of your young future together back in the city, working out, getting better. I mean, obviously your three first round picks from the 2021 draft and Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bay. Um, so that's, it's, it's really great to see uh, those guys are out there uh, in our back and are working together and are building that, you know, friendship, chemistry, things that really do matter in a franchise. I mean, you never want to have. Uh, yes. Poor very much matter. At ends with one another upset with one another. So, you know, I think it's good to see, and we haven't seen how many other players are back, which is from the limited pictures and stuff. So you know, those are really the, the five or so guys that we have seen, you know, could be other players back as well. I know we saw like Sekou was, I think back home uh, at least a week or so ago, I saw he was on like Instagram live and he was back home doing his thing. Um, but I'm not sure if he's back yet. Um but no, I just think it's something good to see. And, and it shows that, you know, this, this group was not lying about this being a, an off season where they got to put their heads down and work. It was something they talked about at the end of the season. They got a long off season ahead of them, a lot of hard work, a lot of development. And, and right away they're, they're, they're showing that that really is the case. They're uh, prepping to absolutely obliterate the summer league. This is training for the summer league championship, right? The summer league champion, I, our podcast for that. I literally, it's it's in my head how great it's going to be because <laughs> it's just going to be so glorious talking about a summer league title. And hey, the Pistons played for one a couple of years ago. I think it was back yes. when still in Orlando, and they played for one. They didn't win it. They didn't win it. Fine, Luke Kennard could not get the job done, but. This that still this seems to be the case. Summer league, it, it's not going to go down like that. I mean, they're going to have the best summer league team in the history of the NBA, and they are going to waltz their way to a title. I hope that you're right because I want to see it happen. I like this group of guys, and you know, we talked about Servitus a little while ago. If he has a role on that team, and you know, that'll be decided in summer league and through the draft and however many spots are left, but you always want to see the young guys working together. And it's sort of a unique position. You know, the Pistons put together a roster of very young guys, but they drafted very good rookies all at the same time who are able to produce very quickly. That's sort of rare. So I think it's a good opportunity to, you know, take advantage of this sudden youth movement of quality rookies soon to be sophomores and, work out and, you know, build that camaraderie because it is important. I mean, you look at cultures and things and culture is what has brought down many other well-established, you know, teams. And we can kind of hit on that with our third topic, which is just going to be some general NBA stuff, but can certainly be, you know, related back to the Pistons and, you know, the breaking news for this morning that, the, you know, the first of several NBA breaking news 
bits this morning was that Danny Ainge has resigned from the Boston Celtics and Brad Stevens was promoted to the president of basketball operations. That is a team that we've touched on in our group chat as one of the most interesting teams with the most interesting offseason lying ahead of it. You know, Aaron, what was your first thought? Because I kind of fired off a couple tweets this morning. What was your first thought when hearing that, I believe it was Woj who broke it first. I, you know, admittedly I was working, so I don't know exactly who had it first. I was being a good employee, but um, what was your first thought with Ainge resigning? And then a couple minutes later, Brad Stevens being promoted to president of basketball operations. Certainly, certainly shocked. I, I mean, I had to do a double take when I saw that tweet notification come through and just to watch it all kind of play out over about 15, 20 minutes, you get Danny Ainge is thinking about stepping down. You get Danny Ainge has resigned. You get Brad Stevens will no longer be the head coach of the Boston Celtics. You get Brad Stevens has been promoted to president of basketball operations. You get Brad Stevens says he was burnt out by coaching. I mean, just so much happened that I would never have expected to see. You forgot the most important one from Chris Haynes that the Celtics will consider Jason Kidd and Lloyd Pierce. Oh, goodness. Jason. For the job. But it just it, – it, it shows. I mean, you can win, and, and, but if you, you don't get the job done, you don't win enough, I mean, things can happen. And, you know, to see someone like Danny Ainge who has had a lot of success building rosters and, you know, leading a franchise, it, it's it – was, it was a shock to see him resign out of the blue and – it's going to be a very interesting offseason for Boston. You know, what do they do now? Do they try to trade Kemba Walker? Do they try to trade Jalen Brown? Do they, you know, obviously you have guys yes and yes. where you don't need to tear it all down. You don't give up a guy like Jason Tatum, you know, oh, who's no. still incredibly young. One of the best young players in the league is quickly becoming one of the best players in the league, period. And you have to decide how do you want to build around him? Is Jalen Brown going to be a guy you build with? They kind of, you know, correspond with one another on the wing. Obviously, Kemba Walker didn't work out as well as he would have liked between the health and just lack of effectiveness. They've never had a true big, uh, which has always been an issue for them with this group. Marcus Smart is a good player, but his ceiling is limited. And then they've never had enough depth. I mean, they try to go get a guy like Evan Fournier and he doesn't produce as much. A lot of their bench this year was first round picks from either this previous draft or the draft before with guys like Grant Williams and Aaron Nesmith and Peyton Pritchard. So they just didn't have enough depth. They really didn't have enough start start talent with a guy like Kemba struggling as much as he did. And then obviously with Jalen Brown going down, they just really stood no chance against Brooklyn at all. Not that they were going to win with Brown available, but probably would have been a little bit of a closer uh, series. You know, you got to think if they were able to go and get a guy like Christian Wood or if they added someone else. Miles Turner. Miles Turner, another a good example of that. You know, could they have ha- had a more legitimate shot at, at, at truly being a contender? I think they just spent so much time not really at, at a contender level, but a good enough team to always – at least win a series in the playoffs and, you know, for them to be where they are right now and all that 
getting close, but never close enough. And obviously burnt out the likes of Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge and signals a huge amount of change for this franchise. I was pretty surprised to see Danny Ainge resign. And I don't think it can go without saying that they've made several conference finals. He does have a championship under his belt as well. It was a long time ago and they really couldn't get over the hump with this, with this team. And, you know, they had the treasure trove of picks from Brooklyn and then Brooklyn goes out and you know, basically ends Danny Ainge's tenure with the Boston Celtics. And they had this huge draft capital and it just didn't really lead anywhere. They spent one of them on Kyrie Irving and that was a great trade. You do that every time you do that 10 out of 10. Um, just because that's the kind of player that Kyrie Irving is. You know, you make that move, of course. Um, same thing with Gordon Hayward. You make that signing. He had a freak ankle fracture that really changed things. And, you know, just just the internal strife that supposedly, we'll never know, again, we'll never know the full story, but guys like Terry Rozier being unhappy that Kyrie Irving came in and took his starting role and, you know, people – supposedly reportedly were unhappy that Gordon Hayward was getting all this playing time over other guys. Um, we'll never know. And that's probably for the best because it would just be speculated upon forever, but they're just such an interesting team moving forward. I mean, that is, that's a pretty good coaching gig, of course, being in Boston. I really hope Jason Kidd and Lloyd Pierce was just the beginning of the list and not the core of the list. Cause that's not a very good list especially Jason Kidd. Um, yeah, I was just very, very surprised. Very, very surprised. And they're an interesting team. I think, you know, you touched on it. Jalen Brown, I think you might have to explore that. Um, Marcus Smart, you might have to explore that. Kemba Walker, they definitely will explore that. But that's going to be a hard one to move. His salary is pretty tough to move. He's over 30. He's oft injured. And the effectiveness is waning. And especially in point guards who rely on that burst, you know, that first step. And when you don't have it anymore, you know, your utility is really diminished. So that's going to be a tough contract to move. And outside of that, they really have just kind of scraps of meh. I mean, Tristan Thompson didn't really work out. Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Naismith are okay. But, you know, they could have had Sadiq Bay, and they didn't. And I'm sure that they are kicking themselves for losing out on Sadiq Bay. They lost Gordon Hayward for the largest trade exception that turned into Evan Fournier. There's just a lot of like small little missteps that added up to cumulative disappointment when it comes to Danny Ainge's finished tenure. I mean, look, a couple conference finals, there's, you know, 20 teams in the NBA that would be more than happy to have that. And they could look back and say, yeah, that was a, you know, that was a success. But Boston had huge amount of assets, had Kyrie Irving, had Gordon Hayward, you know, were starting to make the right moves and they just kind of fizzled. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be an interesting coaching search for them. It's going to be an interesting offseason. It's going to be – I'm really interested to see what happens with them. I, I'm, I want to revisit them at the end of the offseason and, and just kind of look back at everything they do because no question about it, they have a lot of change coming. They certainly do. And a team that could probably use some change in the form of Anthony Davis being healthy 
uh, are the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Suns are now one win away from ousting the defending champion Lakers in the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. Anthony Davis is hurt. LeBron James doesn't have that initial first step that he used to have either. Could be the ankle. Could just be the fact that he's, you know, old and uh, maybe might might actually be mortal. We don't know. Um, but the Suns are one win away from topping the Lakers. I will always be a LeBron James fan through and through. Um, so, you know, seeing him <clears throat> potentially being ousted is tough. But uh, I love the Suns potentially advancing and they're very very good um this this could have been a western conference finals matchup and i think nobody would have would have sniffed at that devin booker is a star you know he is everything you want in a player that you build around he can score with the best of them he's improved as a ball handler a defender Putting Chris Paul next to him has given him some accountability. It's obviously made an impact on him and his competitive level. He is a phenomenal player. That Suns team is incredibly fun to watch. Michael Bridges is such a promising young wing. With his length, he can really cause havoc on the defensive end of the floor. And then on offense, really knows how to shoot the ball. You know, he's got a I think has more to go on that side of the floor, but defensively, he's just so, so solid. DeAndre Ayton for all of the heat he has received in his young career has been incredible against Los Angeles. And I think it's really hard to, to root against this Phoenix team going up against uh, the defending champions, LeBron looking rather mortal, still a very good player, but not, LeBron of the past and obviously Anthony Davis being hurt uh, has given the Suns an opportunity that they capitalized on in game five and I, I'm really excited to, to to see how this series finishes uh, Phoenix really and I, I don't know if I ever really believed LeBron could lose and Phoenix is on the verge of, of sending him away in round one yeah, you know, I haven't had this kind of feeling since uh, the Indiana series in 2018 when it was just LeBron and Kevin Love and uh, Jeff Green, who was arguably, you know, the second or third best player in, in that whole playoff run um, without Kyrie Irving. It'll be very weird if that happens. Anthony Davis, I think, is going to end up playing in game six because he has to or they're going to lose by 30 points again. Um, they just, you know, he hid a lot of the defensive shortcomings of their guards. And by the way, Dennis Schroeder just threw $40 million away. Dennis Schroeder basically lost $40 million by not being vaccinated. That's essentially what it came down to because he missed time. And that changed the course of the Lakers end of season. And then he has not played well since. Uh, he basically just lost 40 million bucks because uh, he turned down a potential extension from the Lakers. And he was – he did not make a basket in game five. KCP did not make a basket either. And Anthony Davis hid a lot of those defensive shortcomings from those guards because he's Anthony Davis and can patrol defensively with the best of them. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with the Lakers. They have some roster shortcomings that may be more of Rob Palenka's fault than Frank Vogel's doing. Um, 
but I did want to hit on the playoff games that are happening as we finish up this podcast with, with these NBA quick hitters, the wizards and 76ers are tied at 58, uh, excuse me, 59, 58 Washington leads with just under a minute left in the first half. The wizards trying to extend that series to make it three, two, you know, quickly Joel Embiid has a partially torn meniscus. Um, the 76ers could quickly be going up the ladder of most interesting team this off season. If Joel Embiid's injury causes them to maybe not blow a 3-0 series lead, because I don't think that's going to happen, that would take a monumental amount of failure on the 76ers part to do that. But you know, their 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 championship hopes are pretty much are pretty much over if he's not able to be himself. And that certainly doesn't seem like he's going to be able to be himself. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, that's a brutal and I'm by no means do I want the 76ers to win the NBA championship, but, you know, just to lose someone because of health and not have your full team for your playoff run, you know, you wouldn't wish that on any team and certainly an unfortunate situation for them because you have even a partial tear in your meniscus, a slight tear. You're, you're not the same player. It's certainly not within a week or two either. No, not at seven foot. I mean, let alone any other height. Yeah, that's, that's, that's brutal. And it seems like it's every year some, some health problem, you know, cuts their playoff run short or changes it drastically. Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a real bummer. And that's a, another team with championship aspirations that is just kind of confounding. You know, they were very close to getting Kyle Lowry at the, at the deadline, or at least we thought they were. And they're, you know, they're still like, it seems like they're like half a player short somewhere. I don't really know where, but they're like half a player short, maybe a full player short somewhere. You know, they bulked up on shooting. They got Danny Green, got Seth Curry. Those, it, you know, that made a, a huge difference. And Seth Curry has 14 points tonight in the first half. But kind of, kind of brutal. Um, anything else you want to hit on for the general NBA? Just some, just some quick hitters. Got the Jazz. Tonight, we think they're going to close out the Grizzlies. Yeah, no, I, I, I think the Jazz are, are a good team, but that series against the Grizzlies, you know, Grizzlies have played them close. Jazz should get the job done. I'm not sure they're going to last through the next round, but outside of that, nothing else really to add. I enjoyed getting into a little bit of general NBA discussion. I know we try to do that a little bit here and didn't do that as much during the regular yeah. season, but here in the offseason, we're going to have that opportunity. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Knicks Hawks tied at 21 gross at the end of the first quarter. Um, That'll be the game I go turn on though. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, both of these games right now are tied. Uh, Wizards and Sixers are tied at 62 and the Hawks and Knicks, the exact opposite tied at 21 at the end of the first quarter. So yeah, I think that's going to do it for me. Um, I'm, excited to see the Clippers and Mavericks play again now that that series is knotted up um, as well so also uh, Damian Lillard is also not human and uh, Luka Doncic is also not human either those two have had a tremendous playoffs so far somebody go help Damian Lillard I like Damian Lillard a lot CJ McCollum is from here in Stark County Ohio somebody go help Damian Lillard for the love of God, watching Robert Covington blow that dunk. That just hurt me 
somebody go help Damian. Anybody. I don't want necessarily him to get moved out of Portland, but somebody go help the Portland Trailblazers for the sake of Damian Lillard putting up 55 points and losing. Egregious. Egregious. Yeah, okay. that, that's too bad. I mean, he's putting up a hell of an effort, awful. but impressive that the Nuggets are getting the job done without Murray. 55 points and you lose? <laughs> what in the heck? I mean, his shooting line, you know, he sent it to overtime twice. They lost in double overtime. He had 55 on, let's see, just to just He's 12 always- of 17 from three. 12 of 17 from three. That is, that's stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. 55, six and 10. Jeez. I mean, somebody, somebody help Damian Lillard. And I saw that this is from ESPN's Tim McMahon. There's like two playoff performances of 50 points, 10 threes made and 10 assists. And it's Damian Lillard and it's Damian Lillard again. Wow. <laughs> I was going to say like hurry, but. Somebody help Damian Lillard, please. And I'm sorry if that means trading my boy CJ McCollum, but he needs help. Okay, that's going to do it for this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Aaron, anything you want to tell the fans before we go? I'll just say thanks for watching and, uh, you know, exciting time for the offseason to be coming around the corner with a lottery just a few weeks away. So hopefully I have some good stuff for that. And uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Yes, the lottery on the 22nd of June. So we'll have a lot more Pistons-centric talk uh, after that, and we'll figure out where they are picking. So uh, we're going to go and enjoy some playoff basketball. Um, For Aaron Johnson, I am Mike Angolano. Thank you so much for listening to the latest edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. We will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.